All right, guys, we are back for another episode of the Hustle Podcast. Um, and today on this very special episode 10, we have Dylan Mosshart. And if you guys don't know Dylan, he and his wife Paige run a really cool uh, business here in downtown Reading called Friday Vintage. Um, and you get to share with us kind of just your guys' heart behind it. Um, I know you guys love vintage clothes and kind of collecting Absolutely. them and then selling them and just really giving purpose to why people should you know love vintage you know wear i'm i'm totally new to this space so no, i'm about perfect. to absorb everything you're about to tell me so <laughs> I love it. I love uh it. so tell us from the very beginning like what how you guys got started into this you know you guys always love vintage clothes and whatnot yeah yeah i mean it's kind of new to a lot of people right like mm -hmm. it's something that even for us we uh we started it five years ago and it was kind of just a hobby mm -hmm. so we both had full-time jobs we were both you know doing the everyday hustle you were and posting it like on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So on Instagram is how it started. Um, we did school and we were always like, my wife and I both, it's kind of been like our date thing. Like we'd go thrifting, go to coffee, maybe a movie. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of was something we did for fun. Mm -hmm. But we always like had this love and this passion for just old clothes that looked cool. Mm -hmm. And so I guess through school, it just kind of picked up and people were noticing and wanting to like uh kind of buy things actually crazy story we uh we bought our first house mm -hmm. and we didn't have closet room so we had mm -hmm. all this extra clothes and my wife was like i say we but i had all this extra clothes <laughs> usually the opposite way yeah, around yeah, yeah. but my wife was like we don't have room for it so but it's a master closet it's really dylan's closet Dude, it's, it's teeny the closet <laughs> and she's uh, to be honest she has the majority of it so i'll give her that yeah. But um, yeah, she was like, you got to get rid of it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how do we do this? And we just posted online on our Instagram, like, hey, if anybody wants some of the clothes like that you've commented on, come buy it. Mm -hmm. So at first it was just people from school coming to our house and mm -hmm. buying clothes. And it just picked up from there. And um, yeah, it's kind of grown bigger than what we ever imagined. How have you like, how did you know like the value of old clothes? Like, because for me, like, no offense, like, you know, like when you see a shirt, like probably what you're wearing now, you know, that's like a vintage shirt. I'm like, I have yeah. no idea. Like, so like, is it just something you grew up around, like with your families or just something you kind of started picking up clothes and you're like, well, this is cool. And then you did some research on it. Like, yeah. how do you know, like it's good vintage clothes? I mean, it take it takes a lot of like time for sure. Yeah. I mean, at first I've sold things, undersold things and been like, oh my gosh. I think at first you just kind of, you just have an eye for it. You don't really know. It, it, it's kind of just a stumbling process. Like you fall mm -hmm. through it. And um, after years, you just start to recognize, you know, what is vintage. Nowadays, they remake things a lot. Mm -hmm. So you go into PacSun and you find like NASCAR shirts and Michael Jackson and Pink Floyd and things mm -hmm. like that. But they're new. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, it is kind of a process, a learning process of figuring out, you know, what is actually old. Um, but... But yeah, I think, you know, after a few years, you just start to recognize like it's crazy. We can be driving down the road and see somebody walking and be like, that's a vintage, you know, uh, wow. that's a vintage ACDC like, shirt. Cool shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So it is it's kind of is one it of more things. like the design, like the unique design print of the shirt that makes it vintage or, or like one of a kind? Mm -hmm. Or is it like. The is it like everything, the color, the cut, like everything that makes it like vintage or? It's really the quality. quality. Like, you know, back in the day, everything was made here in America. It was used like they used 100% cotton mm -hmm. on the majority of things. And it was just it's it's thick. It's printed well. It's they they did so many different graphics back then. Yeah. So nowadays they usually just do a front graphic and it's like one screen. It's quickly printed and mass produced and pushed out. Mm -hmm. Back then it was like they took the time to do 
you know, two screens on the front mm-hmm. and the back with different graphics, different colors. Um, so yeah, it, it is kind of, you know, they, they definitely stand out. The old ones stand out a lot more than the new ones and they last a lot longer. Yeah. You the know? quality, like the thickness of the shirt, you can yep. definitely feel it. Yep. Um, so you started on Instagram, kind of stumbled into the business, um, was kind of doing more as like a hobby. What got you from Instagram to a store? Yeah. I mean, I think for, for us, that was probably the scariest leap, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest, like as a, as a entrepreneur and as a business owner, like it's kind of like your baby mm-hmm. and you're, I mean, it's intimidating to step out, Yeah, especially like, I don't know if it's like that for every business. Cause this is the only business I've started, but as far as retail, it's kind of like, it's a little piece of you that you're putting out there in front of people. And you're like, you're scared of rejection. It's kind of mm-hmm. like high school all over again, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, making that leap was, it was a long process. It was years. Actually, before COVID hit, we were looking for a shop. So mm-hmm. we we had looked at spaces. We were almost in on leases. COVID hit, kind of pushed us back. Um, and then when COVID kind of ended and people were coming back out, we're like, do we want to go back through that again? Mm-hmm. You know? So definitely it was a scary jump, um, but we're so grateful we did. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's opened up so many different doors and uh, it's 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 given us that like little push we needed. Yep. Um, online business can be amazing and everybody working at home can be fun, but it starts to become draining, yeah. you know, especially when you're doing retail. Clothes mm-hmm. are everywhere and you're like, is this a house or a shop? Yeah. You know, so. And you're like, I want to interact with people and yeah. I want to like put the personal touch into it. Exactly. Did you guys ever have a business background before starting this? No, no, absolutely not. You know, I think that's something that we, as as far as that's probably one of our biggest struggles is growing in learning finances and Mm -hmm. um, business. Like you just don't, you don't go to profit margins. How do you like price something to where you make a profit and and it has like a trickle effect of, you know, your employees, if you have any, or even your lease is covered through oh gosh, every, yeah. 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 It's just, it just stacks up. Yeah, right? yeah, it's yeah. like, you're looking at it like it used to be, Hey, I just need to sell this many things to cover mortgage, uh, you know, <laughs> car payment insurance. And now it's like, you've got employees, you've got all these different things. So it's definitely a juggling act. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does, it keeps you on your toes and it keeps it interesting. And I, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that, like learning new things and figuring out where you're struggling and trying to do better next time. Right. Mm-hmm. So what would you say for somebody who's like, I know that there's all variable types of like online retail mm-hmm. clothing businesses. I mean, you know, uh, not just saying in general, mm-hmm. um, if somebody was like, I don't know, wanted to start in the retail business, let's just say something of a niche, whether it's clothing or whether it's, you know, a certain product, where, what would you say really change kind of your guys's momentum with what you have right now from Instagram to even, even your lessons on Instagram to, mm-hmm. to where you are now? Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. That is, I think for us, Um, there's so much pressure to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. There's so many other resellers out there. If you go on Instagram and you just type in the word vintage, Mm -hmm. there's like hundreds of thousands of people selling on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I think for us, and we felt that pressure. There was times where I wanted to be like, you know, um, uh, a lot of the other people doing it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm actually really grateful for my wife because she was like, no, like we have a lane and we stick to it and we do really good. So I think for us, uh, first of all, the the biggest thing that that I think, you know, we did really well is developing community, mm-hmm. um, even online. It's like when you set yourself apart and you make yourself different or you just be you, mm-hmm. people actually dr- are drawn to that. They you know? feel it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I think there is always going to be that pressure to look like somebody else or to see what what's working for someone and try to like adjust and look like that. 
Mm-hmm. And and I'm not going to lie, like there was times where we started to do that mm-hmm. and it didn't work. And we're mm-hmm. like, why are we trying to adjust and look different yeah. when this is working? So um, really just being yourself and yeah. then um, also just developing community, mm-hmm. you know, being personable, um, you know, making sure to go the extra mile. Even if it's one customer that isn't satisfied, like how can we fix this? Even mm-hmm. if we're not in the wrong, how can we fix this? Because mm-hmm. If you do it for one customer, you'll do it for more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that was something big. And I think us. it's also really understanding, like, you know, specifically being in Redding, California, yeah. uh, we're a very small knit, local, for sure. supportive business. So it's like word of mouth is huge. Mm-hmm. And if you, and I've noticed, and just in different various b- businesses opening, it's like, if you nail your launch and like you say, you start small, whether it's on Instagram, yeah. you build your community. Now you're like in a store and it's like, people know your name, like trust you. Mm-hmm. They want you to succeed. Like you said, like taking attention to that one customer who's like, hey, I would really love for you to find this vintage shirt or I don't know. I don't know if that's a question you get. I'm just making it up. Probably you do. No, I don't no, know. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, hey, like you said you sold at this and I feel like it's too high. Like mm-hmm. just kind of I don't know what questions you get, but it's just the idea of like listening to the customer. And a couple episodes ago, I had uh, Brett from Westside Wash and he's like, you actually learn how to control and run your business well when you actually just ask the customer. True. And so it, true. it so takes true. away the part of just uh, trying to think you have to run it on your vision and just like, hey, the customer would actually respond better if this setup of our store was this way or Mm -hmm. this was more accessible or my hours were better this way. Um, Not saying you have to appeal to one customer, but you start listening to the trend. And I think too many people are get into the business world and they're like, I have to do it this way. And this is what I'm passionate about. No, no matter what. And, and, and you start losing the personal touch of how and why Friday Vintage is different from like an Instagram store Mm -hmm. that somebody might stumble upon, Yeah, you know? Um, So I think that there's really some cool things with that. That being said, I know that you do a lot of thrifting. um, And where, I mean, I don't want to give your secrets away. Uh, Do you find a lot of good items here in Reading or do you have to hunt farther out? Um, To be honest, Reading's really hard to thrift. Like finding good finds in Reading, I think it's because there's so many... There's a big, booming younger generation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of schools, um, mm-hmm. a ton. And it is so that was one of the things we recognized right when we came to Reading is like, the thrift stores kind of suck. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> really, they do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we do. I leave. I actually just got back from a two week trip. So I will go. Um, usually I go up to the Northwest, Washington, Oregon, mm. um, and uh, I pick a lot up there. We do a lot of wholesaling mm-hmm. from different vintage shops. Uh, vintage shops are popping up everywhere. It's crazy. Like mm-hmm. the. We go to Spokane, which is where we're from, mm-hmm. um, and there's four or five. I think there's like six or seven vintage shops just in that city alone. Wow! So, and we, you know, have a great community there that we can we can wholesale from. We can go. It's it's kind of funny. It's its own little world. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring down like super expensive shirts, mm-hmm. and we don't sell super expensive shirts in writing. We stick to our margins of like. Yeah, you know, the demographic may not understand it totally. or is trying to learn what that. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. I think, you know, I actually appreciate that, you know, people aren't just hunting for that thousand dollar shirt for yeah, no reason. Yeah, because then it's you pressure know. on you to have that inventory. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I'll bring those there and just trade them for, you know, a bunch of 20 to $40 shirts. Wow. So, um, yeah, there's, it's, you know, I go on forever about that because it's mm-hmm. huge little, I don't know. Like finding the quality that makes you different than just like, you know, a thrift store here that... Yeah is just probably out of somebody's garage, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely. So uh, with kind of thrifting, and you'll have to educate me a little bit just because 
it's a new space, you know, of seeing it mm -hmm. and being around it and seeing mm -hmm. new shops pop up and everything. What's like one of the coolest things you've ever thrifted or stumbled upon that I, I guess you learn more of its value? Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm still learning myself too so much. Mm -hmm. So like uh, we do really okay. good. There's with, no wrong answer because I don't know the answer. Yeah, yeah. So so no, but I mean like we we do really good with '90s and early 2000s stuff. So okay. band tees and stuff like that. But a fun story like uh, my wife and I for our anniversary went to Grass Valley. We didn't have like a lot of time. We had like two days. We're like, mm -hmm. let's go to an Airbnb. So we went to an Airbnb in Grass Valley, which is like a tiny. I think it's Grass Valley. It's a tiny town, like mm -hmm. one little street. So we're like, well, we have one day to hang out. Let's go to this antique store. So went into the antique store and kind of, you know, I think in this business, you realize that people that are in the same field always have connections. So mm -hmm. we start asking the lady, do you know of anybody that has clothes? She's like, they just did a huge estate sale, you know, a couple blocks away. So we went, she actually called the lady that ran the estate sale, brought us in. And this was three days after the estate sale had ran. So I was like, there's probably nothing there. Mm -hmm. And so we get in there, there's awesome, like, 70s furniture 80s furniture we got some cool things like that but then there was like a pile of military clothes which i don't do military really like i'm mm -hmm. not it's a whole different realm um but there was one shirt in the box of military clothes and i grabbed it because it just looked cool it was like a um a, a marine shirt mm -hmm. so anyways i grabbed it and posted it on our instagram and i had like 30 dms about it really quick so it was like you know when that happens that there's, you, miss, you, you, you found you found yeah. something that's worth something or you mispriced it yeah or yeah or you mispriced it well and i didn't price it for sale luckily because i probably would have undervalued it a ton yeah but um you know and then kind of just started asking around like what is this and it was a 1940s uh, marines t-shirt and back then they didn't do a lot of graphics mm -hmm. and it had a graphic so that actually that shirt alone sold for six hundred dollars so what? and it was like a baby size t-shirt so you know, those are the things where I think the beauty of thrifting is like you don't even know what you're coming across sometimes. Yeah. You find it and you're like, oh, that looks cool. And then all of a sudden you realize like, wow, that was a huge find. Like ask the questions. Yep. Ask so, like, wow. I would have been like, okay, cool. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, and it ended up, I think the cool thing for us is like one of the things we love is finding the right home for the piece. Mm -hmm. So we have people come in. I had somebody come into the shop the other day and he was like, I'm looking for a starter jacket, which is like a puffy um, sports jacket. So like mm -hmm. uh, Orlando Magic is one mm -hmm. of them. It's like a huge puffy jacket that was really big in the 90s and really expensive back then. And he was like, my parents always got me the knockoff version. And I want to like redeem that like, yeah. you know, little kid that never got the jacket. And so getting to find him that jacket was huge. You know, it meant so much yeah. to him. So I think even with that Marines t-shirt, it mm -hmm. went to a friend of ours that loves old like military stuff. And he, you know, it's like one of his prized possessions now. And wow. he resells too. So it's like, it's really cool to find, to a get network. the right piece to the right person, yeah. you know, and see the appreciation that they have for it. Because mm -hmm. to be honest, like I don't have appreciation for every piece, mm -hmm. but there's things I love, but finding that person that is going to love it and then wear it all the time. Mm -hmm. We have people that come into our shop all the time. And they're like, I wear that shirt that I got here like three times a week, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, dang, that's crazy. Do you wash it? Like what's yeah. going on? Yeah. But no, it, it, there, there's some really cool, cool pieces. I mean, especially like when we were in, um, the c coming into your space and exploring it, um, you are downtown. I don't know your exact address. What's your, uh, it is, 
Oh my goodness, I'm gonna mess it now. Thirteen twenty Yuba Street, I think. Thirteen twenty. Yeah, you're on Yuba Street. I'm pretty Street. sure. Please don't quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure. <laughs> it's literally right at the corner. Yeah. Uh, and you can't miss it. It's Friday Vintage. Um, what would you, uh, as you kind of been learning and growing this and everything, everybody always will probably ask you this: What's the most expensive piece you own oh, man. in your closet? You know, uh, there's things that I have, like they have, um, they have like cash value mm-hmm. and then things that have like um sentimental value. sentimental value so i think well that's uh, the two categories yeah we'll give you a break okay cool 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 <laughs> sentimental so, value <laughs> for sure so on um let's see two years ago my dad when i got really big into this your family at first i don't know if there's any resellers out there but at first your family's kind of like is this really a job like you're yeah. reselling what are you doing? stuff like okay <laughs> but my dad when he finally started to realize like this is actually working for us so my dad he's the one that got me into thrifting he's a big uh he loves grateful dead he loves pink mm. floyd all these things and he used to tour with the dead so i've collected grateful dead as just kind of um a nostalgia because it mm-hmm. reminded me of my dad so he actually, for one of my birthdays, he sent me a box of all of his old wow. Grateful Dead t-shirts. Wow. So for me, that was like, I just, you know, breaking out in tears because like, oh, it was so special, you know, because mm-hmm. it was just all of these pieces that he'd worn from for the 30 years that he traveled with the dead and toured, you know, uh, wow. went to their tours. So that was huge. Um, those will never be for sale. They just sit in my closet. My wife yeah. wears them. I wear them. Um yeah. But then as far as like value wise, you know, we've been doing a lot of like seeking out original owners. So people that like originally had, they still have all their t-shirts. Mm. So I think stumbling across some people that have had, like we bought 60 shirts off a guy in Sacramento and it was, it, it's it's fun to do that because you hear the stories behind the pieces. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we sat, like we went, we drove all the way to Sacramento and expected it to be like a quick, you know, exchange in and out and it was more like we sat for four or five hours as he went through like every shirt and was like yeah i went with my brother to this and you know hearing his brother passed away so it was Mm -hmm. like you know getting to understand you know the history behind each piece Mm -hmm. um actually means a lot for me i know it it just it doesn't seem like that as resellers it's kind of like can you just flip it and make more but like it's really cool to actually hear the stories behind the piece and then see somebody come in and appreciate you know, that same, that same item and then be able to tell them the story behind it. Well, so. I think it also for the sentimental part of it, like having your now storefront, you know, yeah. and somebody grabs that shirt. Yep. It's just like a cool way to connect with the customer. Hey, did you know that like fact about that? shirt? Absolutely. It, it just makes it a little bit less of it's a shirt on a hanger mm-hmm. and it's actually like you're carrying on the next story. Yep. And it, it's a very artistic way of looking at yep. life. And some people can see that lens. And, you know, obviously some people, uh, you know, it's just a shirt. Yeah. Um, but I think if the the more you know the stories, it just becomes like a really uh, powerful thing of differentiating yourself. So it's not like you're just selling vintage shirts. Like you totally. actually have maybe not all the facts of this was a $600 Marine shirt, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. here's the story behind that. I know up to this point, mm-hmm. you get to fill in the gaps with value or, you know, whatnot. Yep. So, uh, so you have your sentimental side. What is your most expensive value side? Oh man. Expensive. Value. Like dollar. You know, I'm trying to think of one that was like, I think, you know, one of the first ones, I'll say one of the first ones, because it, it, I think when you're first doing this and you find something expensive, you're like, oh my gosh, this is a $500 shirt in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were we were picking at a place where it's like, it's a massive warehouse and mm-hmm. they have just, 
it's five by 10 size bins and about 50 of them in this warehouse. So just picture like you walk into a building, it looks like Walmart and it's completely clear, but there's just bins everywhere of clothes Mm -hmm. and they rotate those clothes every few hours. So we, I, we go in there and there's, you know, 20 other people like us that are picking for the same thing. So it's really competitive. You're <laughs> shoulder to shoulder with people Fighting sometimes. Over shirts. Fight, and literally fights break out all the time. And you're like, what is going on? It's a t-shirt, like chill <laughs> out, you know, but you know, the t-shirt's yeah. worth quite a bit. So, um, but anyways, uh, we, we'd been digging, my wife and I had been digging for clothes and I saw this like little old lady and she picked up, it was an Ozzy Osbourne from like the early 90s, but it was one that was really rare. And Mm. I had never seen it in person, but I'd seen it online. And she like picked it up and looked at it. And I remember there was me and four other guys. We'd been sitting in a circle talking. We all looked and saw her pick it up. And we're like, is she going to put it down? Because if she puts it down, it's fair game. And she did. She put it down. And all four of us went just full sprint across the whole floor. (laughs) And I just remember diving. No joke. Like I know it sounds like overdramatic, but dove like onto it and grabbed it. And it was like... It's one of those pieces. Once it's where, in your hand, it's safe. Yeah, it's safe. It's good. And, you know, and usually people will take that, buy it real quick and put it in their car. Cause usually you just have your cart with you and yeah. you fill it up with clothes and you put a sheet over it so nobody looks in it. But when you get something wow, like there's that. There's some etiquette to this. Yeah, there is. It's a <laughs> whole community. But anyway, so that was one of those pieces. It was in uh 1990, I think two or three, is like a big face Ozzy Osbourne, crazy like splatter print on it. So like had just you know, colors splattered all over it. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool. It was just one of those significant finds that you don't usually find. What uh, would something like that retail for? Or is it just uh, the uniqueness of it that's more value? Yeah, it's it's about $450 to $500. Do you like hand wash these? Like Some of them, yes. Some of them, I would just like accidentally throw. I mean, again, when you know the value (laughs) and you sit with it, I'd be just so meticulously don't dare like hang it out to try. Trust me, it's happened. (laughs) Now it's it's a vintage tear. (laughs) Yep. Or you forget that one of the white shirts is in with the colors and you pull it out and it's pink and you're like, well, there goes a $300 shirt. Great. Oh my gosh. But you know, that's the fun of. That's crazy. See, these are just like things. And I think like, even just like what I love about this, like podcast is just like interviewing people like you where it's just like it just gives you a different outlook or an avenue that people maybe somebody out there listening has always loved like vintage clothes but it's just like can I actually make sense with it as a business Mm -hmm. and to me I'm like somebody like you who's able to take this go from Instagram to a storefront to have a name to people know you especially in our area and try to like bring awareness maybe is a little bit of like a push in the word but just a uh you know a fun element of vintage is cool but and there is actually value to vintage um and i just think that's so cool so um everybody can obviously check you out uh going to your storefront are you guys open seven days a week so we're open um we're open wednesday through sunday right now from 11 to 7 sundays we close an hour early but yeah yeah um and do you have your instagram storefront still yeah, yeah. So Instagram Friday uh, at Fridays Vintage Co. Okay. Um, and feel free. You know, we always tell people online if you see something on our page, it's open. You know, yeah. you can buy anything you see on the stories, on the reels. Doesn't yeah. matter. Um, but yeah, that's. And um, I always like to give this space like towards the tail end. So if there's somebody's listening and they have like kind of the mindset of being in like the vintage clothing space. Um, what's, uh, any last thoughts kind of encouraging them to get into that space? You know, like you said, your parents kind of are like, is this really a job or is this a hobby? Like, is there anything that you would kind of see as, um, uh, you know, 
something, if somebody walked in and said, Hey man, I want to do what you're doing, yeah. um, somewhere else, like what's that one piece of advice, um, you know, for the passion that you have? Yeah. Um, I think honestly, there was somebody that, uh, actually a really good friend of ours who now works with us. She, we met with her when we first were going to go on to online business, uh, to online reselling. And mm-hmm. she gave us some advice that like, I still to this day, hold on to and tell everybody. Cause we do, we get that question a lot. Like, you know, really want to do this. How did you start? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for, for us, it was the one thing that I tell everybody is if you're doing online, just continue to post, no matter if you have two people following you or 200 or 2000 or 20,000, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Just continue to put content on that online, on that Instagram. And I say that, but we struggle with that too. Still mm-hmm. sometimes like I'm, you know, yeah. to be honest. So, but that, you know, do that. And then again, I'll always fall back to, um, Focus on your community and what you're developing. Mm-hmm. You know, continue to focus on um, providing something different, mm-hmm. not the same thing that everybody else is providing. You yeah. know, we really want to set ourselves apart and know that every single person that walks in that door is appreciated. You mm-hmm. know, even for our employees now, it's like I, I really push on them that every single person that walks in that door is supporting us and they're making it happen for us. They're making this dream come true. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, appreciate them. Show them the respect that, you know, that that you'd want to be showed when you walk in the door. Mm -hmm. And I think the cool thing for us is our employees actually were our customers. Like they came in and they showed initiative. They showed that they wanted to be in the business. And we're like, look, we want you to work with us. Yeah, work with us. So, you you know, I think that's part of the community we want to develop and um, really just, you know, vintage is new, but we want to see it grow. So I think it would be actually really cool. This is like a total side thought for your social media. It'd be really cool is if you actually took like shirts that like that Marine shirt and you actually shared the story on social media, Mm -hmm. because I think, it would just help bring not a, I keep going back to the word awareness, but Mm -hmm. just a context and a layer of greater understanding of like, Hey, this is nineties to late to two thousands, or even this is like an older, way older shirt. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and here's why this shirt has so much value or sentimental value, because I think it changes the way that then people see a vintage shirt. Cause then it's like, well, maybe the questions start becoming like, what's the story? Yeah, Like what's the story behind this? You know, it's a great idea. Um, I love it. So there's my, no, (laughs) I I think that's great. I, Uh, I, the the untold stories of the, (laughs) the vintage uh, collection. So no, I actually really, I appreciate that. That's a, that's an awesome pointer. And I think it is something that is important. Just cause for me, like, you know, just like absorbing in the last 20 minutes, I'm Mm -hmm. like, man, I, I, I feel like I could, hear see a shirt and maybe then ask okay is there something uniquely special about this or like you said just stumble upon it and actually start to like learn it a little bit more so uh super fun so uh if you guys would love to support Paige and dylan uh learn about the vintage wear uh they are at friday vintage co or you can check them out at the corner of yuba um wednesday through sunday um but they are a great asset to our reading area so any questions shoot them a dm and thank you so much for having you yeah honestly yeah no this is super grateful (laughs) um so tune in next week for our episode 11 of our next special guest and we'll see you next week awesome